summer of 2019 stretched on beneath a blazing sun. Podcasts dropped one by one as the shade shrank and the sun swole. Then, in the hazy horizon, a new sight appeared. A horde of 30 to 50 feral hawks. And there was much rejoicing. Hi, welcome to Destroy All Clickbaits. <laughs> Where we're still not over the feral hogs. For so, it wasn't the, it was a different voice, but for some reason I was imagining the Orson Welles uh, audio outtake thing. Uh, yeah. Tell me how you can save 30 to 50 feral hogs and I'll go down on you. <laughs> you show me one person who's seen 30 to 50 feral hogs. You show me that person because I don't believe they exist. I don't know. Uh, that summer wasn't... of 2019 stretched out beneath a blazing sun. Okay, I've got to say, that is not a good Orson Welles. No, <laughs> that sorry. I have done better. In this new movie, I'm playing a herd of 30 to 50 feral hogs. It's garbage. <laughs> tripe, absolute tripe. Uh, no, no, something... No, that like, was, that was my, Connery. Yeah, my Connery's not... Yeah, my Wells isn't working. I just, <laughs> that's weird. I, my, I'm, a, my... I'm a bit worried about what would happen if I tried again. I get Pierce Brosnan or something. They're full. They're full of green penis. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, when I was in high school, people said I sounded like the Brain. But when I actually tried to do a Norson Wells, you know, or the Brain, straight up, they said that doesn't sound anything like him. <laughs> so. Yes. Well, the yeah. Uh, people, I, I like to. Somebody described Kelsey Grammer as shitty Orson Welles, basically. Ow! Wow! <laughs> Huge yes. attack on Kelsey Grammer out of I nowhere! Know. Well, the dude's I, a Republican, so. Yeah, no, he's kind of. A, Take that with your tossed salads and scrambled eggs! Are you listening to this, you son of a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> You soothing-voiced bastard! <laughs> See, I'd say it, it was more a reflection of the quality of his roles, but Orson Welles was in Transformers the movie, so I don't think we could throw any stones on, from that perspective. Basically. You have to specify now, Orson Welles was in Transformers the movie, The Good One. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple air quotes around The Good One. But There's yes. a possible chance Orson Welles is looking down on Leonard Nimoy for being in a shittier Transformers than he was. <laughs> and Leonard Nimoy was in the uh, same movie. That's yeah. right. <laughs> really? You want back for a worse take? Yes. Hey, Orson Welles was in the 60s Casino Royale. He can't look down on anybody. Oh. Yes. <laughs> that was awful. But he was some... in the Muppet movie. Apparently, one of the contingents unfortunate uh, investment decisions. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Apparently, it was. But I like that. Okay, apparently, he was in the '60s Casino Royale with the stipulation that they'd let him do magic on screen. Yeah. So he does magic tricks, and then uh, supposedly in Jodorowsky's Dune, they claim Jodorowsky claims that he was going to get Orson Welles to play Baron Harkonnen. Fuck uh, by... me. We we were robbed. <laughs> Well, it was, he said, I got him to agree to it by saying, by finding out at the restaurant that he ate in Paris all the time. And I basically said, I'm going to fly in the chef from this restaurant on set and you can eat his meals every, ah. every day if you agree to be in my movie. And he agreed based on that. But yes, no, the, so if you believe Jodorowsky, the cast he had as, assembled for this was insane. Like Mick Jagger yeah, he got, was... Yeah, uh, he got Salvador Dali as, uh, yeah. as the president. 
Yeah, no, right? the Emperor, the God. Oh, sorry, the God I haven't Emperor, read yeah. the book yet. Um, <laughs> you haven't read Dune, but, no. Have no, you seen no, the movie? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, that's quite an experience. <laughs> the it president is. of I've... space. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, the, the idea was uh, he was... Um, uh, no, no, no. I'm Dali would have on... had a really small part, but uh, yeah. he would have been pay- the highest paid actor by screen time. Right, yeah. That's the only way you would do it? I have, like, a realization that for some reason the president of space sounds absurd, but what fundamentally is the difference between that and the actual title of the emperor of space? (laughs) Yeah, the emperor of the galaxy, yep. (laughs) Exactly. The emperor of man. I think I was just thinking of uh, is it just group from Spaceballs. Is it, yeah, is it just because the title of president implies, you know, that there's a secretary or inter- secretary interior of man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the joint chief of staff, hyphens, of man. Of man. <laughs> secretary of transportation of man. Of man. <laughs> yes. Department of Housing and Urban Development of man. Of man. <laughs> Anyway. Surgeon General of Space. We were joking, but literally the titles like Secretary of Transportation of Man and like Urban Development. You honestly could do an adaptation of Doom with those things in it, and it would not change the plot in any fundamental way. Like oh. it's literally just changing the name of what things are called. Yeah, it's <laughs> the Department of Transportation in Dune is technically a major plot point. <laughs> yes, it is. They all get high and turn into space worms and control the transportation. And technically the plot is all set up due to, effectively, a real estate trading scheme. (laughs) Yep. Yes. It's a weird book. Yeah. They should have gotten Gene Hackman. For what? Roll. I don't know. Oh, for for, because of the... I get it. Because it's a thing. Anyway, Real okay. Scam. <clears throat> anyway, all right. Oh yes, welcome to Destroy All Clickbait. I'm <laughs> Adam. With me, as always, is Ing. Uh, today, we're joined by Phil and Greg. Say hello, folks. Hello. Hello, folks. I'm waiting for Greg to say hello first. Hello. Oh my <laughs> God! What have we unleashed? Terrifying presence haunts the studio. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Almost, almost as bad as 30, um, to fer- 30 feral hogs. <laughs> yeah, oh, we're getting there. Yes, yeah, so um, as you may have heard, we're, we're winding down the podcast. This is probably going to be our second last show, uh, but we did have to do Are we a sure show it's of... second to last, or we just said that we're kind of winding it down? <laughs> well, I don't know. Sorry. I... <laughs> It's we we it's under discussion. Yeah. Uh, depending on what happens in the next month or so, right. uh, they, they may they will grow probably less frequent as they already have for reasons. Right. Yes, but we we had to come back to talk about our friends, the thirty to fifty feral hogs, uh, the phenomenon that has enraptured and and enlivened the online sphere for the last day or so. And by the time you hear this, we'll be. <laughs> A very old joke, but we're still going to do a show partly about feral hogs, so no, it's, there you go. It will be timeless, because the phrase 30 to 50 feral hogs is legitimately funny. 
Yeah. Yes, I agree. Somebody posted that about the cell, like the thing about Tolkien saying the cellar door is the most beautiful phrase in the English language. But yeah, 30 and to they 50 just feral edited hawks. the Wikipedia page to be thirty to fifty feral hogs. <laughs> All of online will be subsumed and absorbed into the 30 to 50 feral hogs. Resistance is futile. We all 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yes. Your distinctive hogness will be added to our own. Anyway, but let's start... The doctor, I am 30 to 50 feral hogs. <laughs> oh yeah, they've... Yes, all the other memes have been incorporated in 3054 at some point. Yeah, it literally is just, you know, an assimilation. <laughs> now let's let's see how many memes, and then whatever the next <laughs> comes along, it's going to be incorporated into the 30, and 50, 30 to 50 feral hogs memes. Um, yeah, a lot of people have been pointing out it's very much the Darmok uh, from Star Trek Next Gen. Oh yes, that's what meme culture is. But you know, but, I mean, this is like just pure that. Yeah, it's gonna make no sense. Have you have you used? Has any of you used thirty to fifty feral hogs in some vaguely offline setting and had people go, "What the hell are you talking about?" Or even just off Twitter set setting. Um, it... no, because like I was sure to explain to my wife what it was. <laughs> like it was very important to me that she understand this. Yes. <laughs> I haven't really been out of the house in the last few days, so no. <laughs> Why would you? It's a freaking nuclear wasteland out there right now. Well, I don't have air conditioning, so it's pretty exactly. much not that much better in here. But... <laughs> well, at least there's shade. Um, and there's, yeah. So let's... Uh, do you want to talk about uh, the uh, tardigrades on the moon? Oh, wait. Should we explain what the hog thing is? No, we're gonna. That's gonna be the finale. We're gonna go back to the hogs. For the oh, finale. this was a delightful teaser. <laughs> yes, this is a this is a glimpse at the future of the the podcast with the feral hogs. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so there was a um, a one of my favorite headlines ever uh, also played out, uh, which was. Um, a crashed Israeli lunar lander spilled tardigrades on the moon, which really feels like a Mad Libs, but it is in fact something that happened. Hashtag, uh, it happens. <laughs> written by D Daniel Oberhaus for Wired, the version that we're uh, describing here. And um, it's, it's actually kind of interesting because it's apparently uh, an Israeli, uh, I don't know if it's just a rich one rich Israeli or a or a, a company, but they're they're trying to just sort of preserve human data and 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 like yeah. Literature. I I I'm gonna be honest. This counts as clickbait because the story is really not about the tardigrades, the unkillable water bears, and the just all the story of the details of it on what they selected and tried to make and. <clears throat> tried to preserve and how they encoded it for, like, basically getting, um, I'm trying, like, humanity backup B right. to launch into space. And it's like, well, if everything goes, like, fucking pear-shaped, at least there's this record out there. Yep. Yeah, which is a good a good thing to have, this sort of plan B. And there's some, some organic material, which they're saying... Um, apparently, 
that was part of why they think the payload survived was because there was some extra uh, material in there to, to maintain the the DNA and the tardigrades. I believe and, it was suspended in like an auger gel, right? Yeah, they said to house resin... the yeah to house the desiccated tardigrades. Right. Now, and if you're not familiar with tardigrades, which are wonderful creatures, well, Ing, why don't you, the biologist, tell us about tardigrades? So, uh, tardigrades are water bears, are microscopic aquatic animals, and they're really interesting because they're considered, like, nigh unkillable. Mm -hmm. They have, like, a wide range of environments they can survive in. And can survive for a long time just even in conditions like the vacuum of space or that because they have a biological process to where they basically dry themselves up into like little husks. Uh, almost like freeze-driving themselves like the Marvin the Martians cartoon minions to where then when they then get in contact with water again they can revive. Right. And it, it's a really interesting cellular process, but... And, it, it and we're like... not sure exactly how long they can survive in that right. thing. We know it can be, like, up to ten days in, like, the harshest conditions, but it's possibly more. So people were raising the question after this happened, well, after the crash, you think the tardigrades are still good? <laughs> yeah. It's just a little desiccated. It's still good. It's still good. Um, but th yeah, no, I thought they, I thought I, that I saw 10 years was what they were indicating. Oh, is the it? Grades. I yeah. might've misspoken. Uh, I the think I might've. Yeah. 10 yeah. Years. The article says 10 years and that's just, you know, what they've managed to measure uh, is that they've survived for 10 years. Yeah. Um, the general, yeah, I, I, I believe there's been a number of experiments done in outer space with tardigrades because they seem like they're very well suited to, like, panspermia, as it were, sending them out into the waste of space. And then when they find, you know, something that they can actually, uh, they can uh, they can crash on, they would yeah, uh, dehydrate. Yeah, it would be very easy if we were in the era of pulp to see someone like um, Clark or Asimov writing a story where then, like, water from a comet hits the moon there and basically we now have a whole ecosystem based entirely on tardigrade life because they just revived and thrived on the moon mm-hmm yeah that's that's the, well i don't know if you've seen uh, the new star trek uh, discovery uh oh. but there is a giant tardigrade in the first season of discovery um which is part of their uh new uh experimental uh space drive uh, it's kind of a long story, but there is a giant CGI tardigrade uh, for a big chunk of the first season of uh, of Star Trek Discovery, which was de quite delightful, I thought. <laughs> he was their, kind of their mascot. They needed him to fly the ship. It's a long story. <laughs> but This is our pilot, a tardigrade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. And then and they popped up in Ant-Man and the Wasp, too, when they went into the subatomic world. He was... Surrounded by tardigrades, if you remember. Um, they're, they're uh, yeah, quite... I was going to say, uh, Tardigrades on the Moon is my least favorite Doctor Who episode. <laughs> God damn it, you had to say it. <laughs> That's Sorry. a Pertwee, right? That's from the, 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 the late, early 70s? So, moving on. Let's. Uh, so, there's the tardigrades. Anyway, any thoughts on the tardigrades? 
beyond that? Greg, any thoughts on the Tardigrades? I mean, the main thing I would say is that it's kind of a weird bit of reverse clickbait where, based on that headline, I would have been far more satisfied if it had all been about, what will the Tardigrades do? Will this contaminate the moon? And we, and we raised Super Tardigrade. Instead it was, well, we have millions of dollars to, you know, put a box up there. And here's <laughs> right. how we did it. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind of an interesting story. It's wired, so of course they're into all the technology stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's a... <laughs> it feels... And the fact that it's an Israeli satellite, is the or lunar lander, is the one that... Wait, what? what? Israeli lunar landers? But apparently... See, that, in many ways, was the surprising thing to me. Just, is, is Israel is putting stuff into space? I didn't well, know that. Well, <laughs> yeah, it pretty much is there that since America, due to budget cuts, basically effectively has no genuine space presence anymore or it's like no um a unique space program like anything with nasa they need to get a ride to the international space station with russians or chinese now right yeah so there is with it interest in space travel it is just like everyone else Mm-hmm. Kind of stepping up to do, like, stepping up if anything is being done. It's being done by people other than the U.S. Like, there was a big story, a bit of uh, huge success in India's space program. But yes, I remember the big uh, the headlines with the, the, uh, the Indian. There's a lot of female engineers, a lot of women in saris in the, in the control center. I think it was a moon mission? Yeah, okay. But they are legitimately doing a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, sure, Russia, China, India, it's a little surprised that Israel has a space program, but there you go. Um, I mean, again, but on the other hand, why, why wouldn't it? Yeah, well, it's just, it's a really expensive and you've got to have all this technology to do it, basically. Yeah, but, but you know, so, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Israel's a, Israel is a very rich country. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I, 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 you get the impression. I maybe it's this is how U.S. you know conveys it that it's you need this massive infrastructure and like you know it, that only the big major world powers can launch a. Yeah, but know, Israel is one of the big major I, world I, powers. Fair enough. Well, like, well, for instance, you know, Britain's a pretty major world power. They don't really have a space program. Oh, that Britain I'm aware of, thinks right? they're a major world power. <laughs> Haven't you okay. seen the, the documentary the Moonraker? Oh, yeah. I no, but all James Bond movies were documentaries, and they were filmed in real time. Yeah. Well, the the book is slightly more plausible than the movie, at least. Uh, but yeah, the book is that, that's one of the well, because the movie is one of the worst things James Bond as a franchise ever worst? did. But one of the worst, yes. It's a bad or, movie. Or best? <laughs> no, I don't know. I after reading or the book, burst. I... What are we talking about? No, that was in that case the uh, the book was better. That's usually yeah. not the case with James Bond, but in that case it was. <laughs> well, I loved it when I was a kid, but I loved a lot of stupid stuff when I was a kid. So oh, I me too. That, well, I, I didn't know. like, I didn't watch Moonraker when I was a kid, but yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's uh, so let's talk about uh, speaking of it. Uh, let's talk about clowns, and uh, I I picked this one out just for you. A I mean, seamless transition. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it was very easy to Killer do. clowns from outer space. Yeah. Ah, Movie. yes, good one. Speaking of indefinite pronouns, it! 
<laughs> it, them, they. So it's uh, it, the movie, the upcoming movie, It Too, Brute. So IndieWire reports that the Alamo Draft House is going to do a clowns-only screening of It Chapter Two across the U.S. No less. It's not. It's not something they're doing in like in Austin or just some weird little little corner of the world. It's going to be a thing for... Again, Austin is a major city. You're aware of this. <laughs> no, I... Well, I know, but it's all... I meant Austin because it's known for being quirky and weird and cinematically oriented. Okay. Basically. It's just... Yeah. I thought the theme today might be that we're just finding the <laughs> amazing ways that Adam is just, like, geographically uh, illiterate... geopolitically illiterate. <laughs> just dunking on this <laughs> new... York City? What happened to the old one? Anyway. Wait a minute, there's a New Mexico? <laughs> Austin's got like 5,000 people, right? That's that's the upper limit? Max. I uh, know it has Austin's one of the most populous cities in Texas with literally tens of people. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, yeah. They all wear cowboy hats and drill oil. Yeah, that's, that is my general impression of Texas, it's true. Um, <clears throat> Not Austin, though. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Austin is where all the cool... Austin is uh, the place where Richard Linklater... All, all I know of Austin is the movie Slacker by Richard Linklater, where all the weirdos hang out. <clears throat> and it's a series of interconnected vignettes with no plot, basically, in Austin. That does sound I like I thought it was Austin. weird. Oh, in the uh, crossover with our uh, What Mad Universe podcast, Adam... Um, yes. The um, Planet for Texans episode, or Lone Star Planet. Yes. I found it weird that uh, the capital of uh, of the new Texas, the planet, in that book was New Austin. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. before Austin got its current reputation, but it's kind of right. weird in retrospect. Well, it's a t you know they d the guy just uh, opened a book to a map of Texas and pointed <laughs> to cities at random. But yeah, I don't know what Austin was known for in the fifties, but of course nowadays it's the how did that happen anyway? How did Austin get to be this? It's because of the university, right? Is that and it's, it's... A, it's a big uh, tech industry city. Oh, okay. Well, Austin is actually the capital of Texas. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. It's a, like a lot of uh, U.S. states where the capital is not necessarily the largest right. city in that state. Right, right. Like how uh, Louisiana is Baton Rouge. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> as opposed to New Orleans. Did yeah. they? Did they? Is that because they literally just went? Here's the state. Okay, let's randomly I declare this city to be the capital. You know, it might be, but I seem to remember from my school civics class, which it's American civics class, so there's a good chance it's all lies. <laughs> that it was a uh, conscious decision to not have it be the most populous city for reasons. Okay. I guess, like, is that a boost to the industry if it becomes the bureaucratic capital of the city? Or, or uh, the it might or be. I'm yeah. thinking it maybe was a thing that, uh, because the revolutionary militia thrived on being ha on being non-centralized. Okay. For having uh, success against the British and that uh, they could, they didn't have, like, a single center of command that could be wiped out. Mm, okay. And I'm one, I, I'm talking out my ass, but the thing there, that it's like, well, let's not make the government center of the state the same one as, like, the population or 
industry center. That way, I guess if it's invaded, there's at least, you know, all our okay. eggs aren't in one basket. Oh, that's that's kind of well, To be fair, Adam, uh, Ottawa isn't exactly the most populous city in Canada. No, Ottawa, well, Ottawa was picked because it's near, like it had a near perfect English-French uh, balance at the time, and it's right on the border of Ontario and Quebec. But, like, Toronto being the capital of Ontario made obvious sense, and Quebec City being the capital of Quebec, those were both big, major established cities, right? So it, it didn't make sense that those would... Like, our, our provincial capitals are a little more illogical than the uh, than the uh, the uh, American ones, from what I've seen. Uh, it does Is it, though? To... No, well, okay, maybe not more logical, but at least... If you know a city, it's a capital. You don't have to. You don't have to go. Oh yeah, it's Red Deer, Alberta, the capital of Alberta. You know, Medicine Hat. Oh, okay. I was completely fucking wrong. Looking it up, the actual answer is that the state capitals were usually chosen for being in a central location. Okay. I.e., so they would be equidistant from everywhere in the state. Right. <clears throat> Fair enough. Never mind, but... that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your way, your argument made sense, too. I don't know. I yeah, but it. I completely bullshit that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back it's to all... the clowns of the capital. Yes, clowns. Speaking <laughs> of clowns. Um... Of course, the clown capital. Yeah. So, now, this argument, so they're going to put on a special screening for for... Clowns, so it's basically just a cosplay thing. People should come dressed as a clown. Which, I believe, Ing, you were the one who raised the question, if someone dresses as a clown, are they then logically clowns? No, 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 that was, that did take place on my Twitter there, and I'm glad I did not actually have to intervene in that conversation, which just had <laughs> my followers pointing out that, like, no, no more than someone wearing a policeman's uniform makes them a cop. <laughs> Have they so it's the clown equivalent of stolen valor? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> you, sir, have been found guilty of stolen giggles! <laughs> Judge Snickerpants finds you guilty! <laughs> they're doing the whole court-martial with, like, the stripping of the medals, only they're, like, just pulling away the rubber suspenders so the pants fall down and everything. Yeah. They pull, out, they pull away Tearing the, and... the squirt flower off the uniform. <laughs> You've been sentenced to five years of hard labor because nothing's funny about this. <laughs> I guess my thought when I read the article was, so I was initially like, how are they going to get that many clowns? And then finding out it was cosplay, I was like, oh, uh, well, what's the standard? Are these employees going to even care? Uh, do yeah. juggalos count? Yeah. Oh, there's a question for juggalos you. Juggalos would have to count. Yeah, because, I mean, it's, it's I mean, are, makeup. Are they going to ask people to show, like, their registration card for what clown college they're part of or what clown registry? Will they have a, a standee where it goes, you must be at least 50% this to, to qualify? <laughs> yeah. Will it include well, those pretentious European clowns that just wear the nose? You must what? be this Harlequin to enter. <laughs> is this... Is this... Is this the mime thing? Speaking of which, I don't think we... <laughs> yeah. The... the um, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Shakes the Clown. Ing, have you ever seen Shakes the Clown? I, it doesn't sound familiar. It's, a, it's, I believe, the first movie directed by Bobcat Goldthwaite, which he wrote and directed. Huh. Um, and it's about an alcoholic clown and his life falling apart. It's surprisingly good. 
given given the extremely ludicrous premise but uh, it's about all this it creates the subculture of clowns and there's like you know the clowns have a turf war with the mimes at all time and um at one point they have to because they're investigating a murder and he has to go to like the the seedy clown bar and it's where all the rodeo clowns hang out but if if that movie was made in 2019 that it would be the juggalo bar that's where the rowdy clowns would hang out right like that would be the the bad side of the tracks for the clowns I told you I had found looking for something. I don't know if it was this show, but a letter to like a newspaper editorial from the head of uh, Clown Registry specifically decrying and denouncing the antics of one rodeo clown. <laughs> yes, I think I remember. That was a while ago, wasn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it was a specific guy. And what was it they didn't like about him? Uh, he did some, he did racist materials, uh, oh. concerning Obama. And oh. he was like, this completely violates clown ethics. Right. I'm gonna, there are clown ethics. I'm gonna agree yes, with the there, clown then. Yeah, that sounds yeah. like a violation. No, yes, there are, uh, there are actually fairly strict, uh, code of professional ethics for clouds. Right. As we've... Yeah, we've seen. Well, and this was, uh, yeah, like, it's a case of they wanted to, apparently it's a thing with rodeo clowns that a lot of them will, you know, impersonate the president of whoever the president happens to be. Uh, But, you know, they brought in Obama, and of course it, (laughs) it became a bit of a thing where they were trying to, you know, when it's taking place at a rodeo, the audience might not be inclined to like Obama very much, unfortunately. So it crossed a bit of a line, it sounds like. Um, but yeah, like, was it's, it uh, blackface? Um, maybe it technically there's the argument that um, without permission from someone, you can't include them in a clown act. It no, it is an what? actual code of ethics there that without that you, it is unprofessional and uh, unethical to involve someone in your act without consent like even their likeness though not just yeah technically yeah oh okay interesting but so then if they do if they make fun of the president does that mean in the past they've got (laughs) they've gotten the the and and isn't the president like a public figure and therefore exempt from that uh, I mean, it's except from, like, legal things for likeness uh, or that, but if it's specifically, like, mocking them in such a way... Okay. You, it, it's like a specific thing, like, the actual phrasing of it in, like, the, and I, shit you not, it's called the Ten Clown Commandments, <laughs> is, uh, phrased as that my tears may bring others laughter, but my laughter shall not bring others tears. Wow. Who wrote this exactly? I, this Ten Clown Commandments. Extensive clown scholars, basically. <laughs> it was like, brought, no, brought like down the, from the mountaintop. Yeah, like <laughs> Clown <laughs> Moses. Mo Moses. Um Behold, children. <laughs> the I idea of a clown being fishing. stripped of being a clown is just imagining me like a or uh, reminding me of like a, a action movie where the cop gets stripped of his, you know, your loose cannon, bozo. Hand in your nose and your 
uh, seltzer bottle. Well, this this becomes like the Mr. Show sketch about the Streak Dome 3000, whether it's it's a streaker and he's streaker pals, and the the rival streaker gets the drop on him and forces him to put clothes on, and he's humiliated (laughs) and embarrassed by having to wear clothing, basically. So this is a clown being forced to no longer be a clown, basically. (laughs) No. Okay, but here's the thing, and also I think this is why I got, like, really, in, like, an intellectual way, fascinated with clowns and clown tradition, in that there's, like, fierce scholarly debate in clown- and, like, amongst clowns over things. Like, I found there was, like, decades long until it was finally settled debate over who properly should get the credit as the- for the creation of the Bozo the Clown persona. <laughs> yes, I think we we discussed that. And like one. the, cl- I think the clown museum in Ohio has like has like the clown scholarly research thing there, where it had like re- and I was reading the websites where it was reporting like on their newsletter that it's like it's finally solved, <laughs> finally yeah. ending all the animosity and a harsh debate that we've had over this. <laughs> I have a Ph. Doink in clownology. I'll have you know. Yeah, it's like there's the. It's like um, which is why I find it fascinating in that it's inherently a ridiculous position, like a a ridiculous job, and yet the they take the like scholarly work and the history and documentation of it very seriously. Yeah, which. In of itself is inherently funny, but it's great. This is why I'm, like, fascinated by it. Yep. Like I said, it's like, oh my god, there's, like, the clown ethics, and it's like, they're, they're at, one, they're actually, like, considered a case study of, like, a model set of professional ethics for an organization. <laughs> like... Yeah, like it's legitimately. If you were like, well, for our charity organization, what code of ethics should we have? Well, we could take a page and base them off of the clown code of ethics, and you wouldn't actually go too wrong with it. Yeah, yeah, as you've insisted, we should all <laughs> look to the clowns for guidance in these trying times. I you know- I really want to like write a comic story that involves clowns, and I have. Have to. I have a lead on it of a clown I want to interview, because I sincerely like want to ask a couple questions on it. Other than you know the big one of just why, but um, one that is like really curious me is that do clowns look down on stand-up comedians? <laughs> because yes. I had said as a joke that stand-up comedians are basically makeupless clowns, right? And I'm really curious of clowns, which are like a more rigorous uh, school of comedy, look down on the undisciplined stand-up comedians. Yeah, man, they don't play by your rules, man. They're rebels, man. <laughs> the clowns, you know, I'll show those, I'll show those, those stuffed shirts at the Clown Academy. Literally stuffed shirts in this case. <laughs> When I was at Cloud College, they called me mad. But I will show them it is they, they who were the mad ones. <laughs> anyway. 
Well, speaking of uh, performers making fools of themselves, uh, let's do this Fast and Furious one, the Wall Street Journal. <coughs> Did you see this, Greg and Phil? Yep. Uh, the one God about... damn it to hell. Sorry, I peep. Uh, clicking through the ones, and one of the one is on the Dora thing, which has the goddamn autoplay thing, and despite uh, the fact I've already paused it, it starts up again every time I hit it. Oh, good grief. Okay, so shall we talk about... Does, is that a sign to talk about Dora, then? No, yeah. no, no, wait, I, I found I want to talk about Dora. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about Dora. Um, just the fact that it was the possibly the creepiest review uh, anyone's ever seen... Oh, um, oh, thank you for reminding me this one. This is like the worst thing since that Blade 2 review. <laughs> yeah. It's written by Todd McCarthy for a Hollywood Reporter. Uh, and so they've made a movie, which I was barely even aware of, of Dora, Dora the Explorer. Uh, it, it's a live action uh, movie called Dora and the Lost Sea of Gold, in which she's a, uh, she's a teenager now. And this guy spends the entire review getting really creepy about it. And yeah, as... he says um, she's 18 and looks it. And apparently she just turned 18 two weeks ago. So she was 17 during the entire filming of the movie. Yeah. And he, I mean, and, even... and he, keep, he keeps using the word hormonal yeah. in like a way that like John D from Seven would. <laughs> God. Hormonal. Well, this is, somebody pointed out, this is exactly, uh, there was an Onion uh, movie review that they did that, where the, uh, the their local reviewer, I can't remember the name they give him, but um, right. uh, uh, he was reviewing Spider-Man Far From Home and he was talking about how it's about a uh, sexually promiscuous minx who tempts all the men around him. <laughs> and it, like, yeah. the, like the whole review was just about his raw sexuality and... You know, no, we have to clarify, his... the, the Onion was, th this was intended as a joke. Yeah. Yeah. This, however, was not. <laughs> yeah, but guy... it's it's exactly the same thing, but they it was serious. Yeah. Just so disturbing. <laughs> yeah, and the it's... writer is in his 70s. So we're just, oh, God. What? He goes, oh, it was, uh, the character is invested with try and stop me spirit by Moner, who's actually 18, and looks at, <laughs> despite preventative measures. <laughs> and that just... So a that couple... mean? <laughs> preventative measures. So a few <laughs> things. One, no, she doesn't. I, I feel the need that we have to stress that, too. It's yeah. like, no, okay, she, she looks like a... Teenager, like, uh, 17, I would not say that it's like, yeah, she looks like an adult. No! And it's particularly crazy because Dora is, like, eight or something in the original cartoon. That's yeah, but yeah. she's older here. There's reasons for it, I'm sure. One of which is probably just, you know, the... Uh, Landis issue that it's uh, easier to film with someone older because of uh, child uh, child labor laws. I mean, fair. They made you know the Sixth Sense and yeah, they other movies. Spy Kids. They were young. I mean, they're like, they're sort of. I know they were teens. kids, but yeah. There's also the question uh, of practical effects. Right. I'm just saying it would be. 
the like the spy kids are still around like what 12 they're, yeah they're like 12 or 13 yeah, yeah they're not literally you know four right well yeah i think i think dora is supposed to be eight in the cartoons eight or nine okay uh, but... so yeah no i agree i see what you're saying it's easier it's just less trouble to deal with a child of that age than it is you know uh, an eight or nine year old but yeah and that's I mean, true it, stunts i mean it's hard to get a stunt person who could fill in for an eight-year-old. That's a yeah. good point. Good point. Okay, can't argue with that. Um, if they're, I mean... We need the best stunt... We need the best stunt double under four feet. <laughs> well, they do exist. Um, I mean, there's... The the Lord of the Rings movies had uh, little person stunt doubles doing The Hobbits and yeah, uh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Um, yeah, but they Yeah, but were they doing, like, parkour? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean... You could, I could technically ask, why does a Dora movie need parkour? I mean, the cartoon is not exactly action-packed, traditionally. Um, no, but they're doing, like, an Indiana... Like, a kid version of, like, Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones thing. Right. Yeah, It's yeah. like, I, okay, I, I... I can see where this reinterpretation is coming from. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, so they decided... you're saying that Dora did not uh, slash somebody across the throat... And then whisper in his ear, swiper, no swiping. <laughs> God. You toss me the idol, I'll toss you the whip. Yeah. I mean, well, cons- according to creepypastas, yes, that is in the lost episode, but... Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh yeah, um, there's also uh, a recent uh, creepy review, not as creepy as this one, but the one about Incredibles 2. Yeah, I was yeah. going to oh, bring we- that up. Well, yeah, we did a whole the, um... we did a show about that one actually. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, we did talk about it. It was a different guy, but yes. Well, that was at least that was yeah, just it's an adult character. Yeah, yeah. That was just kind of weird and random, like really thirsty for Incredigirl for some reason, or Elastigirl, excuse I... me. Maybe it's just by the context of this. I don't even see that as so far out there now. No. It's like, no, yeah, okay, yeah, you know what, there's comments on the character's portrayal, so fine, yeah, okay. Well, also, well, as long as I, you're I finishing... don't know why I phrase that in such a weird way myself, I apologize. No problem. So the character's portrayal. They're both fictional characters, but at least Elastigirl is not being played by a real person? Yeah. In body? Yeah. yeah, there's that. Well, yeah, it's like that. It's like, okay, that's... The, the Elastigirl's almost the one that I could see. It's like, yeah, you know, this is... I guess maybe a bit strange, but it's like... You, 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 fuck, what would... What did the reviews say, like, when Jessica Rabbit or stuff came out and with Roger Rabbit? Oh I don't know. Right. No, in, in, I mean, it's... No, the weird thing about that was just kind of obsessing about Elastigirl specifically and not just reviewing the movie. Like, it was a weird obsession. But, I mean, fair enough. It's Stupid, just that... sexy Helen Parr! <laughs> exactly. This is where it gets, you know, the Dora one is, there's the added layer of you are clearly thirsty for a, pre, uh, you know, a, a girl who is not old enough yet. Um, no, it... but she looks it. Despite effort. <laughs> Despite preventative measures. What does that mean? She has breasts? Is that it? That must be it. I, 
I don't know. Well, he has this whole thing of like, it's a squeaky clean 50s movie, and yet they've got this luscious temptress in the lead role. Like, that's just like, I don't think that's how they were thinking of it, basically. (laughs) Though I am reminded of, um, like, apparently, uh, when they did the Lindsay Lohan uh, Herbie movie, uh, do you remember that? Herbie fully loaded? Yeah, whatever the... Yeah, oh right, uh, she was she was developing too much, and they had to CGI her right. chest to be smaller. Yeah, so they did actually deliberately <laughs> de-sexify Lindsay Lohan for the precautions were taken. Yeah, those are the preventative measures they were talking preventative about. Preventative measures <laughs> had been taken. Rest assured, with Mrs. Lohan, the image of our Herbie movie will not be compromised. Precautions. Preventative measures have been taken. Wow, you really got into that. <laughs> and honestly, we're now getting nearly as creepy as the review <laughs> yeah. at this point, I'd say. So. <laughs> Anywho, okay, let's move on to a different Hollywood. Uh... Indeed! <laughs> and talk about said has been said. <laughs> I think. Talk about the alluring Dwayne Johnson. The alluring. Well, he is alluring. Let's not let's not pretend otherwise. Despite but... preventative measures. Despite... <laughs> Devascularize him by twenty five percent more. We can't do it. Yes. It's <laughs> it comes off the screen. His masculinity cannot be stopped. De enhance. Zoom in fifty percent. Now, Dean yeah, has pointed out like early, early movies where he was going by the rock, where he's he's not nearly as big as he is now. He just looks like a a, a big normal guy, but now he's like the biggest man ever. It's it's weird, you know. Yeah, going back um, to like the Mummy Returns and stuff. Like he's 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 in good shape, but like he's not, you know, solid well, muscle. Really? I don't know. Well, no, he's always been described as like sort of cartoonishly huge like he does look like you took the you know buff dude knob on your your graphic software and cranked it like over cranked it basically that was or, i mean remember he was people immediately said he should play johnny bravo because he has that kind of just ludicrously over the top <laughs> sensibility about him yeah it's i'm true not saying he, he wasn't in he wasn't in great shape back then but like he's he's uh i don't know if you look at pictures from like the him as the scorpion king yeah. He's not as ripped. I believe it was the podcast Read It and Weep that said technically every movie with The Rock has a level of suspension of disbelief because <laughs> when because anybody looks at The Rock and their first line isn't, wow, that's a huge man. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 80s and early 90s when it was like he's playing like in... Uh, in both Total Recall and True Lies, where oh, he's, yeah, supposed he's to an be everyman a construction worker. <laughs> yeah, he's just the the, the 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 the. I mean, in True Lies, it's basically a joke. To be fair, but <laughs> but yeah, it's just oh, he's just a a norm, The last person every anyone would suspect of being an action hero, and it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in a pair of glasses, which I mean, they did as a a joke on Saturday Night Live too, with The Rock being Superman. You've seen that one, right? I was going to say, also, uh, uh, my example for that was going to be Junior, where you just had the Ar- Arnold just as a basically a gynecologist. 
<laughs> right. He's a nerdy scientist in that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So I will and say, then, for the not funny answer, I'm willing to bet part of it is that when you're an active wrestler, you don't want to actually be super swole because you need to, you know, be move. able to move. Yeah. Right. The not so uh, the less serious answer is: Are you saying that there is similarity between Arnold in the '80s and The Rock in 2018? What could that could, could that be? What could that be? I don't know. It's like they had some magic formula of some kind that they would give to actors. Yeah, but that I, would be crazy. I, I've never heard of this. <laughs> um, oh yeah, there was an old it. article. Uh, anyway, I can't, the... I can't find where it was from, but it was uh, uh, the scandal of juicing in the Justice League. God, uh, and there was there was a bit about uh, Green Lantern uh, saying he had to do it because he has the superior equivalent of a desk job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember when uh, it was being floated for Jack Black to be Green Lantern, and yes. it was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> they clearly didn't think that anyone would ever take the premise seriously. Basically, no um, one took the I mean, Ryan no Reynolds one seriously. In good shape. Yeah. No one took the Ryan Reynolds one seriously. No, exactly. But they meant it to be taken seriously. <laughs> so, you're right. It probably would have been better if they had done it as a Puron comedy. But, there you go. But anyway, this article, we haven't actually talked about the article yet. It does involve Mr. Johnson, The Rock, uh, and Vin Diesel supposedly uh, signing, uh, having contracts uh, when making Fast and the Furious. Uh, basically, carefully logging uh, the fights and indeed every punch thrown and received uh, to make sure that they win most of their fights or are only beaten to a certain level or uh, basically it's a very careful metric to make sure they don't look too wimpy supposedly because um, when I so... think wimpy I think Dwayne Johnson <laughs> right well nobody said actors were secure people in their yeah so I had two immediate thoughts on this uh -huh. Um, but I mean, one, of course, is the story that we get in things like um, George Takei's memoir and I Am Spock about Shatner at his most extreme dangerous levels of ego going through the scripts and making sure he had the most lines. Right. And having uh, Spock lines cut or given to him because they because Kirk did not have enough lines in that episode. Right. Oh, so that's why Kirk starts talking about uh, how logical everything is in episode. <laughs> that's why he suddenly says, Damn it, Spock, I'm a doctor for some reason. <laughs> Not a captain, except I'm supposed to be a captain. Um, Spock, when I was raised on Vulcan. I mean, when you were raised on Vulcan. <laughs> when I was... Yeah, it's clearly Leonard Nimoy speaking, but... Um, speaking, but with Shatner ADRing over it. When I... <laughs> When I was raised in Omaha, Nebraska! <laughs> There's actually a moment I noticed on the original Star Trek. I actually felt really bad for Nichelle Nichols. Because there's one scene where she has no lines. And you can see her like trying to act and interact in the conversation. Without actually being given any lines in the scene. And I was just like, oh my god. She clearly had lines that were cut. This is the basis for Galaxy Quest, clearly. Yeah! Uh, where she was trying to well, talk. Apparently there was uh, a lot of controversy. Because she was a black woman on TV and she wasn't a maid. Right. Um, and there was some of the networks um, would cut out her scenes. So uh, apparently Roddenberry actually put her in the background of scenes 
so that they couldn't cut her yeah, out of the just show. To piss. Yeah, just to piss and just to piss people off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a there, that that was the constant fight they had with uh, with Star Trek. I know that to to get her in there. So and she almost supposedly the story goes she almost quit the show at one point because she was getting fed up with all this. And Martin Luther King supposedly told her, "No, stay on the show because it's good that there's a black woman on TV yeah. who is who has a real role." Um, so she stayed for that reason. But no, no, there's always been stuff with actors like so. That's that's a case of you know the an actor uh, the other thought that even I... in terms of uh, this isn't new for action movie stars. I mean, if you look at the career of uh, um, Sylvester, uh, sorry, um, ah, Steven Seagal. Yeah, he yeah. just mows through. Yeah, nobody can lay a punch on him, and it worked because nobody makes fun of so of Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, no one has ever commented that he looks like a JoJo character who's powered by sausages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think uh, people might apparently have... one movie where he has he's, has one minute of screen time and gets killed. Right. Well, um, it's executive decision, but he has more than one minute of screen time. Oh, okay. Well, he gets killed rather quickly and easily. And mm-hmm. apparently, uh, the screening he uh, was at the premiere. Uh, everybody clapped, and he had to be talked right. down by his agent. Right. Yeah. No, they're clapping because they love you so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, he does die heroically in that movie. It's actually... Oh, okay. If there's a, if there's a Seagal movie in which... But no, you're right. They, they didn't like it. It was definitely because they didn't like him, though. Like, they were applauding the fact that he died. Um, but I could see them making the argument that, no, you died heroically and we like it. And apparently he was reluctant to do it because he thought, you know, oh, nobody's going to accept that I'm dying. And, you know, my many <laughs> No fans... one can accept the fiction that I can die. <laughs> exactly. Everyone knows that as the 57th Grand Lama, I am immortal. <laughs> yeah. That's true. He is, a, he is an official Lama. Yeah. Uh, well... He's also a CIA agent. No, no, the llama thing, he got... (laughs) Which breed of llama? (laughs) Right. He's more of an alpaca. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, there's apparently controversy about that, because he did... uh, No! He might have bribed somebody for it. Yeah. Right. (laughs) This is my shocked face, that that wasn't on the up and up. (laughs) They didn't decide, yeah. Yeah, I listened to an episode of Behind the Bastards on Steven Seagal. Oh, no. He got it. I've only heard of this um, Behind the Bastard thing from you, but I clearly have to listen to it. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I thought it was mostly about, like, Hitler, and now you're saying there's an episode about... Yeah, he's a rapist. He's he's been involved in numerous sexual assaults. Yeah. The first thing I've heard about Behind down, the sorry, Bastards but... was you talking about, oh yeah, they did one on Hitler, then it's good. Yeah, the Behind the Bastards on Steven Seagal. I was like, <laughs> I guess I can see how they went from one to the other. It's still, I hope there were a few episodes in between to kind of get us there. <laughs> oh, they do a wide range yeah, of things. Yeah. Like, Hitler comes up a lot, but like they yeah. do, you know, a lot of, uh, like, this one about... Uh, a preacher who started selling uh, uh, industrial bleach as a cure-all. Oh, oh God. God, yeah, I've a cheap, and, substitute, uh, a cheap substitute for holy water. <laughs> no, it's to well, it's to cure disease, and very I, I, often I, I, it's used as a treatment for autism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the second episode. A um, a mother started uh, advising it to be used as a 
quote cure for autism by uh, um, putting it there, up children's butts. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, a good sawbones on that. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, the, they're um, literally giving them uh, bleach enemas, and that was yeah. the thing. Yep. <clears throat> well, anyway, <laughs> got a little off topic. Oh, uh, my Steven son- Seagal is a terrible person. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. worse than it, you can imagine. You know we all know that. My second thought about this was actually uh, Jackie Chan. Right. Because, like, for an immediate contrast in that so much of Jackie Chan's kind of philosophy with fight choreography and with character work is that he kind of wants to be the guy that's beaten up. Yeah! Like... In his mind, he sell it. He sells it more by having a contrast that his characters can do impressive things, but he always wants it to look like there's some that they take effort, right? And that that like grounds the character as somewhat more relatable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that was and a as thing... we pointed out on um, once again, what Mad Universe? We did an episode on the book Die Hard is based on. Yeah, yeah. and that movie works because Bruce Willis is just like right. a guy. And even before, even before Die Hard, uh, that was one thing people noted about uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was that Indiana Jones does not feel like a superhuman, like, wrecking machine. He's getting his ass beaten down constantly throughout that movie, to yeah. the point where, of course, we have the gag where he just pulls a gun instead of fighting a guy, right? Like, it's... Yeah. He was he was relatable, like, up till then, I guess the model was James Bond, who is always unflappable and unstoppable, and that was the big thing of, no, let your heroes be regular guys who get, you know, get beaten up a lot. Yeah, people um, root for the underdog, so, like, yeah. yeah. you know. And there's that, why... I have to recommend, there's a good video on Polygon right now talking, it's titled, uh, Why Luigi is Nintendo's Jackie Chan. Yeah. But um, it's using kind of an absurd thing, talking about how they, uh, a video game uses body language to convey character. But it does a good thing describing how Jackie Chan's character work like really sells this idea of it being someone who's capable of physically impressive things. But they all clearly require effort, and there's all go- always going to be like an up and down. So that there's also always the risk that he could lose a fight. Right. Like, narratively, he can't ultimately lose the fight, but by right. presenting it this way, it's it helps sell the suspension of disbelief that, oh yeah, he could get his ass kicked. Yeah, that's, that's what I don't get. Like, cl- shouldn't it be obvious that you need to look like you're occasionally losing for there to be A, suspense, and B, relatability? Like, and, and the funny thing is, <coughs> if you'd asked me, I wouldn't have said that the Fast and the Furious... I mean, I don't remember them that well, I guess. I sort of binge-watched them all one time. Um, But I never felt like, oh yeah, the Vin Diesel and The Rock, they're unstoppable. They never lose. They're the... Like, I feel like they get beaten up a fair amount in those movies. So I don't feel like it's... The directors are, I guess, pretty talented at not... at technically meeting the requirements, but still making it feel like... You know, I mean, you say that, but in the one up to this, there was a scene where uh, a character decides he doesn't want to be uh, uh, hurt anymore and simply flexes and his body cast explodes. Right. Okay. Well, yes. Well, there's cartoonishly ridiculous stuff uh, as they go on. There's no denying that. But in terms of the characters getting beat up, I didn't feel like they were, you know... Yeah, especially in the early going, they felt like they were somewhat human beings. I don't know. 
It's well, true that was, um, yeah. there was an article uh, uh, where the sorry. headline was um, Phil. Just uh, Greg had something oh, to say. Sorry, what what was that? So I want to go back to that Jackie Chan example that Ing gave, which I actually really like that because there's so many people online who will tell you that they could beat up The Rock or Jason Statham. Nobody <laughs> says they could beat up Jackie Chan. And I don't think it's because right. everyone's like, oh, Jackie Chan would destroy us, though. I'm sure he would, even at his age. But because he has to go through so much, why would you want to hit him? Yeah. Hmm. Look, well, actually, why would I you want to hit this apparent... man? He is clearly having a very bad day. <laughs> Apparently He's there was a... uh, issues with people going up to Jackie Chan and punching him, thinking oh, that he could block them. Uh, well, I don't know if that's true. I, mean, that I just was... read that years ago, but yeah, that was that, that was Houdini. I don't know if you know Houdini. He was kind of like that in his day, where his act was that people could punch him in the stomach and beat him up, and he had ways of resisting it. And he did get punched in the stomach and die of like a like a appendicitis or something. Ruptured <laughs> he... appendix. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. So, Houdini was the Jackie Chan of his day. There you go. <laughs> I mean, fuck. Yeah. Holy shit. You want to, like, potentially really get a lot of people pretending they really are interested in turn of the century magic and spirit and debunking the spiritualist movement? Cast Jackie Chan as Harry Houdini. <laughs> <laughs> Spirits, you say? My mother only spoke German. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck me! I just imagined that line, but in Jackie Chan's voice yeah, with his yeah. accent, and it's the most surreal thing. I really want this movie. It's not. It's not that much of a stretch because he was doing the Jackie Chan stunts. No, yeah, it, the, yeah, it's a good. Like I can see the connection, but the inherent <clears> thing <throat> with how wrong the accents are to Harry Houdini having like the um. Turn of the century, like Brooklyn Transatlantic esque accent, like a Bugs Bunny voice, and then just Jackie Chan saying things like, My mother only spoke German. I'm reminded of the Simpsons bit where uh, uh, that billionaire said, uh, And just last year I punched out Muhammad Ali, and then he yeah, right. footage of him ringing, ringing his doorbell and then punching him in the face. <laughs> they said I could never shoot down a German plane, but last year I proved <laughs> them wrong. <laughs> God. <sighs> All right, I think, folks, I think we've reached the time of the evening where it's time to talk about the feral hogs. Oh, oh, wait. Um, there's the um how gender stereotypes affect pro environment oh, behavior. Yeah, which yeah, I was interesting because you said that this was debunked already. Well, sort of. Um, it hasn't been formally debunked, but people pointed out that if you actually look at what the article is saying, um, a lot of it basically comes down to... What is the article saying? <laughs> well, the, the the framework is that, uh, you know, people think, oh, yeah, guides think being environmental is gay, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, oh, it's not manly to, to you know, to, to carry a bag to the... The, to the grocery store instead of buying one there and uh oh you uh specific types of pro-environment behavior can align with either masculine or feminine stereotypes it also reports that engaging in the quote wrong type of environmentalism can lead people to wonder about your sexuality and perhaps even avoid socializing with you um <clears throat> Line drying clothes or keeping tires at proper pressures may signal that we care about the environment. But if those green behaviors are gendered, they may signal other things as well, supposedly. Now, 
the issue that people are having with it, I believe, is just that it, it has a very small sample size. And uh, a lot of it seems to come down less to the gendered stuff and more into the is this convenient stuff. Um, uh, it, here's the thing. I kind of buy this because this kind of matches personal. This kind of feels like it matches personal experience. I mean, it's not that there isn't something to this. It's just that it, it, it's probably a bit exaggerated from what they're trying to draw the conclusion. But I, I, I can definitely see how you know there are people who are unlikely, uh, you know, who who would who would think of it as being unmanly or whatever. But those are the kinds of people who probably aren't like it. It may not be connected specifically to environmentalism. It may be connected to say being a right winger for instance which means you're not likely to have an environmental you know passion anyway <laughs> i mean yeah that might be tied to it but i'm just yeah. thinking it's like hey i mean th th there pretty much is just like south parks that say yeah this behavior is gay right exactly um yeah i, I i'm not yeah it, it's and you know it, i knew kids in high school that were like would have basically echoed those sentiments and said that, yeah, that unironically is correct. So. I mean, there's also the whole soy thing. Yeah, I out. mean, we're also talking about where people say it's like, yeah, so using soy as an insult for that. Again, despite. Yeah, we, we went over that. I'm not going to. Yeah. Who gives a fuck? Um, so it's like, yeah, it. I can believe that basically dumb people do this let's go to the feral hogs let's move on no 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 say it right the 30 to 50 feral hogs yeah it's like a tribe cult quest you have to say the whole thing <laughs> it's like pepsi presents 30 to 50 feral hogs yeah. well, disney presents 30 to 50 feral hogs also right. the Who great master hogs Factor. out Sponsored by Coca-Cola. 30 to 50 feral hogs. Uh, so, so, who wants yeah, to explain ahead. the 30 to 50 feral hogs? Let us, yes. Oh, here's a problem, because I have to start with a downer. Um, people keep... Choop dying in America. Yeah, that's true. And this, of course, raises questions... About, um, you know, why is there access, so much easy access to assault weapons? And on August 4th, Jason Isbell tweeted, If you're on here arguing the definition of assault weapon today, you're part of the problem. You know what an assault weapon is, and you know you don't need one. To which the illuminary William McNabb replied, Legit question for rural Americans. How do I kill the 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into my yard within three to five minutes while my small kids play? <laughs> Which indeed does raise a good question about the right to bear arms. How indeed do you oh. kill 30 to 50 feral hogs that run into your yards within three to five minutes while small children play? 
apparently feral hogs like that's not a good way to do it because they their hides are oh. thick. So yeah, apparently oh yeah, it's they're supposed to use dynamite to kill hogs. <laughs> It's it's been dissected to such degree of like how no you my kill imme- dogs. my immediate thing um as far as I know thirty is close to like the upper limit of a swine herd so right. raising it by possibly eighty percent more <laughs> like nearly doubling that size my legit thought is uh, you don't that yard belongs to the swine now. <laughs> Because yep. 50 feral hogs on a rampage is potentially an existential threat for small American towns. This isn't one person with a gun takes care of this. This is mobilize the police force. We may have to actually request the National Guard come in and drive off or blow away this biblical plague of swine <laughs> that is attacking our children. As, as biblical biblical plagues go, that's actually not too bad. You have it's you like have a fight fifty afterwards. hogs at once. No, that is not an everyday problem. That is a potential Dark Souls boss. <laughs> this actually, is that would be a pretty from bad the Bible plague. coming back. That would actually be a pretty bad biblical plague because of the whole kosher thing. But yeah. Oh right, <laughs> good point. You're right. Well, that's just, this is probably the same guy who thinks, like, these are probably the same people who think, uh, like, this will keep Muslims away because there'll be a wall of pork around them, and <laughs> right. pork is like kryptonite to Muslims, yeah. some, some people seem to think. Uh, right, remember that uh, Pigman comic? God. Oh, God, yes. But uh, also, it has to be pointed out, um, boar hunting is one of the more dangerous types of hunting. In medieval really? times, you needed a special spear with a cross guard at the t- at the tip, because right. if you spear a, a boar, mm-hmm. they often, in their death throes, will run through the spear to get to you, and right. you may kill the boar, but he'll damn get you <laughs> as well. Right. The, uh, Robert Baratheon found that out. Yeah. And, so, and- boar hunting is inherently dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it said there that you cannot actually reliably, with most small ammunitions, uh, kill a hog. I believe right. the preferred method for uh, boar hunting is to use slugs if, slugs in a shot launched by shotgun. Okay. Which, uh, yeah, that's what uh, the thing that I read said. But uh, yeah, which to, get means rid that... of them, to get rid of herds, they use uh, explosives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the article I linked to here has Sid Miller. Uh, so there's an article, and this is a local article in San Antonio Current. So first of all, it needs to be said that apparently feral hogs actually are kind of an issue in the in the South, the American oh, yeah, South no, and Southwest. Yeah, that's why I said it's legitimately an issue, and one that, no, one guy with an assault rifle cannot fix the problem of fi- 30 to 50 feral hogs. So, uh, this guy, Texas Agricultural Commissioner and feral feral hog foe, Sid Miller, uh, is apparently suggesting uh, poison kibble uh, to strew around. Horrible idea. The- yeah, I can see many problems with that plan. Um, and it's mostly because, see, it sounds like the big issue isn't the feral hogs attacking people, it's them damaging crops and damaging property, basically. Yeah. Um, also, a uh, side note, somebody tweeted that I thought was interesting. Uh, the reason that the feral hogs look different than the domestic hogs, even though they are the same thing, 
um, like the, the hogs, if they go out into the wild and go feral, uh, apparently certain stressors, well, this is something Ying probably knows all about, but apparently there's certain stressors and hormonal things that are activated by wild living and more tense tension and, and, uh, and excitement that cause them to grow all the hair and become more, you know, yep, more like thicker a hides. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas the, the ones we keep domestically who live stress-free lives just basically become giant baby pigs and don't gain basically the same yeah but let me put it this way i still want to pick a fight with a domesticated hog right yeah i know they can be pretty bad too i mean they will aren't there are a lot of farmers who have literally like if farmers collapse in the hog pen they'll get eaten kind of thing uh that's a potential thing the often thing is accidentally getting in between a sow and her piglets can mm-hmm. cause her to panic and literally attack the person and they will simply just smother you either by basically shoulder-checking you into a wall and right. not stop putting pressure and weight against you until you're dead or, right. like, knocking you down at the ground and then they just will not let you get back up. Right. And they are very large animals. And, mm-hmm. yeah, they could be potentially scary. And boars could be, too. That's why it's, like, actually a thing to properly socialize boars if you're going to use them for sudding purposes, because you want them to be generally very friendly with people. Right. And if you do it properly, actually, the boars will act kind of like dogs around people. It's really cute. (laughs) Yeah, it is interesting to me, because my understanding is that sheep, um, like rams, were pretty deadly back in the the olden days. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, like a ram could really hurt you. Uh, uh, and they dock the horns of sheep so they don't grow into basically the deadly ho- the deadly ran horns and that. Sure, but I mean, it's also just apparently just thousands of years of domestication made them like they've 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 filtered them for good naturedness. So that's why yeah. sheep are like sheep now. Uh, whereas, you know, we think of them as these really dumb, harmless animals, but they used to be, you know, wild sheep used to be kind of. <laughs> kind of mean, like you wouldn't want to mess with yeah, them. Domesticated either, right? sheep can turn mean too, given well, the right things. Yeah, right. But they're the kind that will like run off a cliff if they if they get scared, kind of thing too. Yeah, right? yeah. They they don't have great eyesight as part of the thing. Right. Well, they're also aren't they also just like aren't domesticated animals generally as a rule stupidified from their wild brethren? Uh, <laughs> like, uh, it depends because. Intelligence isn't a one thing. Dogs are smarter than wolves in certain things, and wolves are smarter than dogs in other intelligent tests. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think you discussed this on a previous episode. Yeah, uh... dogs outpace um, wolves and even, I think, baboons in terms of intelligence tests that require following an instruction from a human. Oh, yeah, right. Well, because that's what we've bred them to do, right? So Yeah, yeah they're yeah. Uh, very empathetic. They have high, basically high emotional intelligence and understanding what people are trying to tell them. Mm-hmm. So they can follow nonverbal directions, hinting at things right. very well. Basically, you have like a puzzle that and if the human gives a hint, the dogs can solve it way <laughs> easier than even baboons or wolves given the same hint. Oh, okay. Well, horses can count, as we know. <laughs> Not really, but yeah, you can make but, them um, yeah. And, and domesticated pigs are still really smart as part of the thing. Yes, that's right. I know that. that they're one of the smarter domestic they might They might be smarter than wild pigs as well. Huh. Just because 
I don't know, I there might be more to intellectually stimulate them on a farm than in the wild. Well, I mean, we, ru- we say that, but, like, part of the things for humanely keeping pigs is that they need something to uh, emotionally and intellectually enrich their lives, so some form of toy or thing right. they can manipulate. Yeah, yeah, otherwise they rise up in revolution and overthrow yeah, the they get, they get They either get stressed and depressed which affects their health and right. the livestock quality, or they get bored and start going off and making their own fun. Right, yeah, which you wouldn't want to do. Yeah, there's some yeah. some wild stories about, yeah, the pigs being, uh, being understood. I mean, I think most domesticated animals need that, too. They need, uh, yeah. they need stimulation in general. Cats need stimulation, you know, they need to be able to play, basically. But the, when yeah. our pets were a little more... A little more kind. Remember the remember the craze for Vietnamese pot-bellied pigs about 15, 20 years ago? Yeah, they're still a somewhat popular pet. Yeah, because they, they stay pretty small, right? They don't get too big. Do they? Or do they? Well, they get to be like 80 pounds, but mm. com- yeah. in swine perspective, no, they aren't <clears throat> one of the smaller breeds of swine. Right. I, I mean... I've heard they're actually pretty clean if you keep them in your house and so forth, but uh, I, I don't know. Pigs I, are easy to house train. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because even, like, in their styes and wallows, they kind of have some sense of hygiene and have a preferred specific place to do their business. Okay, so like a cat, then. Okay, that's yeah. kind of cool. Nice, nice. As Cosgrove oh. on uh, Freakazoid said, pigs are smarter than bears, but they can't ride motorcycles. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's true. The anatomy. All right. Oddly, so, a very sophisticated uh, observation on different types of intelligence. That Cosgrove and capacity. Yeah, Cosgrove's great. Um, All right. So, what were your? Let's let's he's the go only around. good cop. <laughs> good old Cosgrove, voiced by Ed Asner. Um, who okay so what let's let's hear some of your favorite variations on the 30 to 50 feral hogs meme uh that you've heard in the last couple of days uh that you've seen online or heard okay let's let me... just go through my recent twitter feed yeah i'll scroll um, through my likes let's see uh 30 to 50 feral hogs is called a precinct <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh no i have the absolute favorite one and i will go last because it is the best thing ever all right Greg, you got one? Um, I really like the ones about, you know, forgive me, I've eaten the 30 to 50 feral <laughs> hogs that were in the icebox. Yeah. A couple of those. Yeah, it's variations on that. Or doc, But Dr. I am 30 to 50 feral hogs. <laughs> Never fails to, to make to make something funnier. Oh, um, I came up with a joke that uh, Hitler Puncher had already done three hours earlier. Um, but just uh, referencing the the bit in the Bible where Jesus puts the uh, demons into a bunch of pigs and herds them off a cliff. <laughs> right. 30 to 50,000 pigs. Yeah. Oh, actually, one of my favorites was by Phil, which is when no one was looking, Lex Luthor killed 30 to 50 hogs. He <laughs> killed 30 terrible. to 50 feral hogs. That's as many as three to five tens, and that's terrible. <laughs> well, Somebody just... uh, independently came up with that later and actually uh, photoshopped the original image. Oh, that was. That text, that was good. I have to admit, I did one of the "Is this a pigeon?" meme with thirty. Oh, with right, the butterfly yeah. labeled thirty to fifty 
feral hogs, and the caption being, is this a reason to own an assault rifle? Yes. Well, as oh, uh, was... Somebody did uh, the um, uh, steamed hams meme uh, with uh, Chalmers saying, 30 to 50 feral hogs localized entirely within three to five minutes of your kids? <laughs> so, in yes. this weather, Can in I this climate, no. localized entirely within your yard? Where your children play? <laughs> As a few, as Greg was pointing out earlier, it's like we've we've and turn it as uh, Turnage put it on Twitter is like we're in your rush to make feral hog jokes, you have forsaken the bigger egg. <laughs> Remember the bigger egg? That yeah, I thing. did see somebody talk about that. If you soak uh, thirty to fifty feral hogs in vinegar and then in coffee, you can get thirty to fifty bigger hogs. <laughs> yes, and my. The thing I couldn't help but notice is like the people people are leaping on it because it's a it's a nice break from grim reality and every time this becomes a thing on Twitter it's it's always pig related for some reason because there was the David Cameron oh yeah there's thing. one that someone just did like graphic of David Cameron head superimposed over Pooh Bear being excited over honey with just yeah. the caption thirty to fifty you say. <laughs> Oh, uh, there's an argument going around that this is a Nazi dog whistle. Well, yeah, that's... What? Because uh, the numbers in the tweet add up to 88 and some other things. But I looked at the guy's feed and he doesn't seem to be a Nazi, just just a libertarian jackass. I think that's more... If it is, I think it's still good that this t- turned into a dunking on him. Oh, it was definitely dunking on him. <laughs> I mean, it, it almost doesn't matter because we were we were already making fun. Like he's a gun haver kind of guy, so you know we know. Also, who he is. if it was intended as a Nazi dog whistle, it literally went over like everyone's head. But right. they didn't ignore it like you're supposed to do with the dog whistle. They all got attention to mm-hmm. it and started mocking it. So it's like someone tried to blow a dog whistle and it came out as a uh, trumpet fart. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good one from uh, Wiki Paraz on Twitter. <laughs> Somebody's yelling, "Help! I'm being eaten by thirty to fifty feral dogs." Twitter runs up. Did you say hogs? No. Twitter. Eh. They lose interest as he's devoured by dogs. <laughs> oh, another Simpsons one. You know the uh, bit where Mo does the uh, break dancing and shoots the gun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, but with the caption. Uh, me seeing 29 feral hogs running into my yard. Careful now, kids. Me seeing exactly one additional hog running into my yard. And then that image. <laughs> and the guy with the giant hand. I'm tired of these jokes about my 30 to 50 feral hogs. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know. I didn't see that it's one. It's funny good. in every context. <clears throat> the battle between 30 to 50 feral hogs is inside us all. What is anger? What is envy? What is jealousy? Oh, I what tweeted that, yeah. What is greed? What is sorrow? What is arrogance? What is self-pity? And so on. Anyway, what yeah, was I tweeted a variation on that, yeah. A uh, friend <clears throat> Philby ports one there of just music that, like, the implication that, like, 29 feral hogs is perfectly safe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why is it the jump between 30 to 50? That's the part. It's... Okay, there was, like, in humor Twitter, there were dissections. Why is this so fucking funny? It's funny. Okay, 30 hogs itself is an absurdity, but then giving such a wide range, like, nearly doubling it, pushes it so far over the edge into yeah. just surrealism. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said, you know, you had one hog coming in, sure, problem. 
two to four hogs could happen three to 50 what did you do to anger that many hogs at once <laughs> so it pointed out and he was phrasing it uh nutriatomica and i at twitter uh, we talked about this that was like he's phrasing that, that this is literally a daily occurrence <laughs> yeah. and it was pointed out what the amount of food source needed to sustain that capacity of swine and all on the yard and they're nocturnal so you're having your kids out at the yard playing at 2am and it's like just going this guy is just every night at 2am he sends his children out with open trash cans full of coffee grounds meat and produce and then wonders why all these pigs keep attacking it's like he's oh, uh, another one here uh, the only explanation the only explanation is that he's trying to invent the Mr. Fusion like Back to the Future but the hogs keep eating all the garbage he's trying to turn into fuel <laughs> yeah what were we saying Phil sorry sorry another one here uh, 30 to 50 feral hogs one cup oh that's a good one god <laughs> No. Okay, I think. Oh, and Ingrid of course, so- um, uh, hogs on a plane. Uh, <laughs> I have had it with these thirty to fifty motherfucking hogs <laughs> on my motherfucking yard. Uh, <laughs> what was what was the one you had? Ing? You said you were going to go last. Okay, this was the best one by. Um, God, come on, Twitter. We're, we're here by at the other Jeff. Uh, that's spelt with J E F F. At Twitter, who wrote a one-page long rules for thirty to fifty feral hogs, the tabletop role-playing game? <laughs> yes, I saw that. I've actually played the uh, Paul Blart role-playing game at a party <laughs> once. It's uh, it's a short little game. You can print it out and play it, and it's like play it like within thirty minutes, and it's based on Honey Heist. It seems. <laughs> well, it's based on you're given 50 hogs, and their ferality starts at 30, and you can, you have to Yeah, but prevent- uh, this is, that sort of mechanic is from a game, um, a Honey Heist, where you play as bears trying to steal honey, and okay. you have two stats, which are bear and thief. <laughs> and you have to, if you go full bear, you become feral and have to be dragged away, and the game is over. Yeah. If you go full thief, you betray the party, and the game is over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, do you play it against yourself, or do you have it need a DM for that? You game? do. You have a DM, surprisingly. <laughs> uh, technically, it's a GM because it's not Dungeons and Dragons. No, yes, it's the Grizzly Master. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> the Grizzly Master. Oh, so, would it be HM for the Hog Master? <laughs> yeah. Uh, such a delightful thing, the, the, the 30 to 50 rural, <laughs> rural hogs, feral hogs. Not anyway. like, you know, those 30 to 50 babe pig in the cities. Oh no, my other favorite one is 30 to 50 spiders desperately trying to spell out enchanting in their web. <laughs> some pig, some pig, some, some pig, pig, some pig. Some 30 to 50 pig, parentheses S. Oh, there's also um, combining. As I, I don't have a full thing for this, but like uh, thirty to fifty feral cats. It's in the cat trailer. <laughs> oh right, the cats trailer exists. 
which I haven't even watched it. I'm I'm afraid to watch it at this point. I I feel like it would scare the hell out of me that trailer. There's been a lot of um captions and gifts from Princess Mononoke about <laughs> right. right the pigs, yeah. 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 Well, and for some reason, I'm watching through Neon Genesis Evangelion with that group that we're in, but I haven't gotten to this point where they're fighting, off, he's fighting off a whole bunch of pigs, and he's photoshopped in a bunch of pigs, and apparently that's from a scene where he's fighting off a bunch of monsters later on in the show, but I don't know. Oh yeah, I did a thing of rewriting the scene from The Matrix 2 where Neo is fighting Smith and Smith brings in all the other Smiths to fight Neo. <laughs> He's punching them, but it's just uh, 30 to 50 feral hogs, but they're wearing sunglasses. Uh-huh. Yeah. And just as Keanu Reeves starts uppercutting and punching away pigs. <laughs> oh, there's... So Somebody put up a poll, uh, which campaign will be the first to mention feral hogs? Uh, right. I voted like Yang. Yang. Yeah. Williamson. Oh, Williamson isn't even on this poll. That's that's a... Surprising. Yeah. No, she loves the feral hogs. You must only have love for the feral hogs. The feral hogs won't eat you if you love them enough. Now I just want to do a Photoshop of the Return of the King with the ride of the Hogurim. <laughs> God, in the, the 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 National Lampoon parody board of the rings, they ride on giant pigs. If I recall, if I recall correctly, the Nazgul. Um, <clears throat> anyway, see that doesn't work as a parody because that would be legitimately fucking intimidating. I yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and there were pig riders in the third Hobbit movie as well. Dwarf pig riders. There were. Yeah. I didn't even watch the third one. Holy crap. Okay, How yeah. Um, off... Dane Ironfoot where rides a pig. A boar, but yeah. Wow. How far off the rails did that series go? My God. Oh, the third one's nuts. It's got giant worms. It's crazy. Oh, crazy. Are those the, the giant Chinese worms? We, we yeah, the wereworms that are mentioned. Yeah. The They're mentioned in passing in The Hobbit, so they, yeah. they got an appearance in the movie as... As a plot point, <laughs> crucial plot point. Really? Oh, yeah. God. this is going to be cut, but I have to do a thing. It's like I read a whole thing of people arguing, like basically, it was like, what the fuck happened with the Hobbit? Because, like, mentioning stuff like the Stone Giants, it's like everyone's saying, I thought that, like, it seems clearly that's either poetic language for landslides, or that it's just d- trolls throwing rocks. Right. So why are they now just literally kaiju-sized mo- giants made out of rocks? Like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> well, the wereworms thing came about according to the DVD. and the- As I learned from What Mad Universe, the wereworms are likely meant to be smaller worms out of the Mongolian death worm. Right. Yeah, that seemed to be the original from the early drafts, yeah. But yeah. Uh, in the movie, uh, Peter Jackson said he couldn't get... Uh, couldn't figure out a way for the second army to arrive in secret, so he had them tunnel underground. Burrow in by worm like zerglings? <laughs> what? Oh my no, god. No, no, they, guys... they had the worms, uh, the wereworms tunnel underground and they followed them in their tracks. At that wow. point, just pull out the zeppelins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeez. This... Pull well, out the zeppelins has, and the um... long sandwiches. <laughs> They finally got to where Tolkien didn't want it to be at the very end. 
It's like we're just pissing all over his legacy anyway. May as well put in those chunks. Here come the Eagle Taxis delivering your subway order. <laughs> yeah, Billy Connolly actually played Dane Ironfoot, and um, uh, when the Wereworms come on, he actually like has a line in the movie where he says, "Oh, come on," and it's it's very much uh, what the audience is thinking at that point. <laughs> Jeez, you guys are making me want to see the third Hobbit movie now, and I don't think that's a good idea, but anyway. I do like it's the, also uh, weird, because even with the, like, knowing the book, even with the Battle of Five Armies in there, adding so much of it is, like, a comedic escalation. Like, it started over a fight in the parking lot of a Wawa, and just, peop- <laughs> and just like, more and more people keep showing up with more and more ridiculous weapons for this fight. <laughs> Like, start coming in with, like, comedic giant clown hammers and bazookas. Oh, yeah, the um, the the extended version of the uh, Battle of Five Armies has uh, the uh, elves shoot a bunch of arrows, and the dwarves have a special thing called the Whirly Majig or something that uh, uh, spins around and knocks the arrows out of the sky. It's really weird. <laughs> I, God, I think that made me stupider having heard that. I'm sorry. Ah, it's the whirly majig! <laughs> Curses, Wait, the dwarves have the... called in their clown allies! <laughs> we have to I'm... go due to the mutual defense pact! <laughs> oh no, the it's bath... called the twirly whirly. That's oh what they call it in the movie. <laughs> that is somehow stupider. <laughs> this is... This was a movie that made hundreds of millions of dollars, and, like, I feel like nobody ever mentions this about it at any point. Well, that, that like, was in the extended version, to be fair, but yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just mentioning one of the five armies is just the Who's from Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. Well, there were 30, the Battle of 30 to 50 armies. Well, the extended edition, <laughs> I decided to put in the Cybermen from Dr. Who, because I figured nobody would notice. <laughs> I figured everyone would be asleep by this two-hour mark. Jeez, yeah. Uh, Try a nine-hour mark at that point. With with two other movies leading up to it. Anyway. And you are... Uh, I did mention that, like, actual D&D has made clowns as a character species that can be played, right? Yeah. No, you have... I think (laughs) maybe in in, like, fifth edition or something. Yeah, it's a yeah, thing. I remember, I remember reading that, but it's always going to make me think of the comic about, you know, Session 1 with the furball clown yeah. versus yes. Session 39. <laughs> or has the tragic death of the furball clown. That's funny because it is very true. I think that's kind of where the Hobbit movies went off the rails because Lord of the Rings, sure, it's the big epic thing, but the Hobbit... Someone described Lord of the Rings as how, like, a DM imagines the campaign going, and The Hobbit is how it actually goes. <laughs> Once you, you know, get your idiot friends together and them trying stupid shit. Yeah. We'll escape by riding barrels. Yeah! And it's also why The Hobbit is awesome, and I... Honestly, think you could have just portrayed it as, yeah, this is set in the Lord of the Rings, but these are just the idiots out <laughs> on an adventure. Oh, oh, uh, 30 to 50 feral clowns. Damn! There's a good one. It's always sad when their clown goes feral and you have to drag <laughs> them back behind the circus tent and shoot them. 
<laughs> Look over there, boy. Look over there, bozo. Bumpo. Don't come back. The balloon animal. <laughs> We're all gonna raise balloon animals. <laughs> They shoots him with a confetti gun. Anyway. <laughs> My final thought is something we didn't touch on in that uh, hog article, which is that apparently the poison they wanted to give them would turn the hogs blue. Okay. So just thousands of dead blue hog carcasses. Oh my god, this is the same guy that legalized hunting the hogs from a helicopter. What is it with hunting? Sarah Palin wanted to do that for wolves. What is with hunting from helicopters? How is that sporting, even remotely? Uh, they oh. saw that scene from Full Metal Jacket of the guy shooting Vietnamese villagers. Yeah, <laughs> I guess from so. From a helicopter. Jeez. Although what? they did double. Although in this article, chopper, it's so. legit wonderful because he's pissed off both uh, hunters and environmentalists. <laughs> and yep. for the same reason, it's like. These are gonna poison the pigs. Things eat the pigs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like it would be a handy source of food to have around for poor yeah, people. Yeah, and we, yeah, and that's one of the things brought up too for why literally everyone's against this. And bringing up the question, what do you do with thousands of dead poisoned hog carcasses? <laughs> yeah, which you can't eat. Yeah, exactly. Just start making the new Fallout game about it. Oh my god, this poison is so toxic! Yeah, I don't know. The, this poison is a little toxic. We should cancel it. Yeah. The instructions say you have to bury something poisoned with it at, at least 18 inches underground. Jeez. And advise it, for, uh, you know, and advise it against contaminating groundwater. Yeah. It can't be that hard to just shoot them. I mean, it is, but this seems like a very bad... This does not seem like a good solution. Now we're back to the assault rifle for the 30 to 50 feral hogs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I hate to say this, the helicopter was a better idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it seems like a fairly obvious solution. You can go out hunting, bag a few hogs, help the population, and take a moment and eat them. Like, yeah. There you go. There's there's the solution. There, it, 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 It's its own reward, right? In many different ways. <laughs> Why do you need to bring toxic poison into the... Fa <laughs> into yeah, the this honestly seems like something everyone can, can agree about. Yeah, environmentalists and hunters, yeah. Go yeah. hunt the feral invasive pig population. This is a yeah. great idea. Literally everyone is happy. And now literally everyone is mad about this plan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I'm reminded of the Futurama bit about the NRA guy talking about uh, having weaponized anthrax for duck hunting. Yeah. <laughs> yes! This is what it is! It's people are pointing out, what the fuck is Texas supposed to do with just thousands yeah. of poison-rotting pig carcasses all throughout the farmland? We had no choice. There weren't enough... There weren't anyone in Texas who wanted to hunt animals, basically, and, and who owned enough guns. Texas ran out of guns somehow. <laughs> we need guns to hunt humans, not pigs. That's what yes, we're Yes, I pointed out, this guy is Obama such... took all our guns, damn it. Yeah, right. This guy is such a right-wing nutjob that hunting is like too liberal fucking pansy touchy-feely for him. Yeah. He needs to scorch the earth and 
like, track the pigs down to hell and kill their soul again. <laughs> we need to extract every ounce of pain out of the pig before we, we kill it. God, did pigs, like, shoot gun down his parents in an alley after he saw Zoro? What the fuck? (laughs) All right, let's wrap it up. My throat is starting to kill me, and I know Phil's going to hold, so (laughs) let's wrap it up for the evening. But let us just say, let us just give thanks for the feral hogs for giving us some joy in this this horrible week. Um, And uh, I want to thank Phil and uh, Greg. Thank you for stopping by, Greg. Thank Um, you. Do you have anything you want to plug? You're, you, Greg, you're excellent with voices. And we, we, we should talk to you about the thing we'd like to do next. Because yeah, we need, we need good, Greg good more on this. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, do you have anything you want to plug by any chance, Greg? Do you have a site or anything? Really, I've only got a negligible online presence. I don't sell anything. And that's part of my charm. Well, then you t- how do you exist in this 21st century if you don't sell anything online? That's how you know. You're I'm not right. sure. <laughs> Good for you. And uh, Phil and I, as we've mentioned a couple times on a podcast, What Mad Universe, we mentioned both uh, Texas and Tolkien in recent episodes. So you should check that out. Um, and uh, and Die Hard. And yeah, Die Hard. Yes. A number of things came up that cross over into our other podcast. Yeah, I also uh, have and, a webcomic, uh, The Apex Society, so check that out. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. <laughs> and Ing has an excellent webcomic. Sorry! <laughs> what are you laughing at? I, I clicked on a story about the current owner of 8chan, and oh God, I, I just got to copy the image of this guy because... Uh, for one, proposing that, yeah, this looks like someone who's brought before Congress in a Philippines child porn ring inquiry. Oh, Two, as the tweet said, that, yeah, he looks like... Uh, let me get the quote exactly on this. Why does this guy look like the Keepler elf who got busted for making colloidal silver cookies? Oh my god. <laughs> Is that photo on the left a picture of him as well or what no what i that? think it's just That's ben just... franklin for some yeah. reason <laughs> it's from some documentary about liberty and justice and freedom <laughs> and colloidal silver i'm sorry oh god those sideburns <laughs> the sideburns with the mustache and the hairstyle that oh, matches no. neither but the sideburns go down so far how's <laughs> he needed a quick disguise. I so think he... this is my favorite of the Monster Factory creations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. No problem. Uh, well, pu- uh, plug, your, um, plug your comic. Yeah, yeah I do a it. comic with Charlotte Finn, who does words, and I do drawing called uh, Brand Echo. It's available on whatisbrandecho.com. Yes, and it is great. It's a very good webcomic. Oh, Adam, and, you have uh, a webcomic as well. Yes. Yes, I do. It's called Star Force Pentacle, and uh, it's on Comic Fury. You can just Google Star Force Pentacle. Uh, or uh, you can go to my website, which is Phantasmic Tales with a PH. It's on there as well. Uh, and I'm pretty happy with it. So um, we'll wrap it up for the evening, and we'll say, uh, folks, uh, stay cool in this blazing hot summer. Uh, the feral pigs are gone now, uh, but they leave us a legacy of joy. So uh, until until sometime in the near future, uh, 
remember to avoid all clickbait and uh, hunt hogs from a, hunt hogs from a helicopter. And My therapist assured me that 30 to 50 feral hogs are real and they can't hurt me. <laughs> 30 to 50 feral hogs. We're here. How do you do that, Mister? If you don't How put do you do that, in your gravestone, you're drafted to the 30 to 50 feral hogs <laughs> All right, good night, everyone. God, can I share one clickbait that literally just came across my feed as we're ending? Slash recalls finding mom naked with David Bowie. Good night, everyone. (laughs)